when you're in the car with a complete stranger, you know you're probably never going to see them again, and then you just open up. Within like 15 minutes, she was telling me about like her suicide attempt. There's the moments where you like you have an opportunity that's given to you, and you have to just like act yeah, on it. Right. So we got the White House chef to literally come to Compton, cook for a family of 10 with us. You're literally on a trip across America. When things get difficult, you are in a car park, mm-hmm. or like you don't know where you're going to sleep. I know that we're going to get a yes eventually. Like, I, I know that 100%. Like, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to say yes. Brad. Back. What makes you a spicy bit of meat? What makes me a spicy bit of meat? <laughs> I love that. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I'm a guy. I like connecting with people. I make documentary social experiment videos where I go out into the world and try to connect with strangers and weird and interesting, unique ways. Just try to basically explore human connection, how to bring it back into my life and hopefully bring it back into the world. How long is a reasonable time frame for you to have one of your friends or family's possessions before it becomes yours? So if I lend you my t-shirt and you have it, what's a reasonable amount of time before it's yours? I feel like in a way, if you like after like a couple months, if you just don't ask me, then it's like, it's almost mine until you ask me for it back. But I feel like at the same time, I should probably just give it back. It should be back. Because if it's out of their life, like if they've disconnected from the item, yeah. they're not asking, they're not inquiring, so they're not missing it. Mm. I, I've i found a home for it. It's mm. I'm, I'm loving it. Do you not feel a little guilty though? In your head, are you not like, this Br- is never mind? Brad, if you let me your t-shirt, yeah. I would happily wear it in front of you. <laughs> that's how much I do. And that's know. the test. Because you're like, if he recognizes it, if he doesn't recognize it, and he's like, and I'm like, wow, that's a nice shirt you got there. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, wow. where is that from? <laughs> well, for me, it's a month. I always had like growing up, it was a month. So I have like a, Dang, a large broke. collection of my friend's socks. Cause you know, you like socks is a thing that I've had to borrow in the past. Don't ask yeah. me why for mm-hmm. many reasons, not always to wear on my feet. <laughs> Speaking of socks, I wish you weren't wearing skinny jeans. Well, they're kind of like a, like a, Whatever you call this. Oh, thing. they they stretch. Yeah, they're stretchy. Can we see Jaren? I can. Oh yeah. As Brad pulls up his calf in a sensual way, you will be able to see the oh, face. Wait, oh, and look at those calves too. Beautiful. See, so, so do you want to explain who that beautiful face is? This is uh, a man named Jaren. Uh, he's a complete stranger, and I asked him to get my face tattooed on his body, and I would get his face tattooed on mine. And uh, we swapped faces and got each other's face tattooed. <laughs> How do you explain that to people who say, oh, cool tattoo? Like, who is that? Is that your your brother or your long lost wife? I usually just say, yeah, it's just a stranger. And then they're like, huh? <laughs> what? And then I just go through the story and tell them like. You yeah, must just- have had to tell that story quite a few times. I mean, not as much as you would think. I feel like they look at my calves and they're just so like skinny that it's just uncomfortable to look at. So they just like don't really look down there too often. Let's not even discuss it. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're doing yeah. standing calf raises and someone saw you, 100% we're looking at that tattoo and we're going, who's that? Is that your inspiration? He is now. He is. Yeah. It definitely was a meaningful story. I wouldn't say it's a random tattoo that- No, no, yeah. No, I mean, but the- uh, the, where it comes from is is not, but then it turns into something quite meaningful, which is what you do, right? Like you're turning something that might not be meaningful in people's lives. So sorry, go on, go on with that because I didn't want to, I just, I didn't want to offend <laughs> by saying I didn't think it was meaningful tattoo. 
<laughs> of course it's meaningful. I mean, I was offended, but you saved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I okay. Thank you I for that. saving that in a very gracious <laughs> and timely manner. How did you come up with that idea? I don't know. Honestly, I think, I think in the nature of YouTube, you're always trying to think of ideas. And I also like, I like to, to see what's possible with like the human experience. And I just come up with like random ideas like that. And I had seen video, like people like get matching tattoos with strangers and stuff before. It's like not really like a unique idea, but I was like, what would make this like even harder? And like, what would be just super, super unique? And I was like, what a stranger, like a complete stranger get my, my literal face tattooed on their body and I get theirs tattooed on mine. But could we actually make like a, like a friendship out of it? Are you guys still in contact? I mean, that I, I have not been the best at keeping in contact with a, a lot of people because I feel like I've just been like so on the go mm -hmm. over the past like year or two. Um, but he, we talked uh, a little bit, like about a year ago, he was actually like helping me through a, a breakup, which was like really wow. awesome. Like he, he was like, a, yeah, he's a great dude. Saw him in Vancouver when I went back. That's crazy, right? Like a random stranger you did this idea with and and he and you're kind of console he's consoling you through a, a hard some hardship that's yeah, yeah. quite powerful stuff right yeah that's very very interesting dynamic that like it could go from a complete stranger to him just like i mean like one of my deepest moments of just like sorrow and he's like helping me through that yeah cuz i yeah. like watching your you know a lot of your content online with hitchhiking more specifically where you're having like these like longer periods of time with with strangers and you are like you know being quite vulnerable to each other and in mm. some instances they'll share stuff like right out the gate oh yeah and yeah it's crazy sometimes yeah like they're, they're trusting in that like something you know it's quite hard to share deep stuff is that kind of your goal that you're like able to create these really meaningful strong relationships from people that you could have just walked past on the street if you didn't mm -hmm. say anything I don't know if it's necessarily the goal. I think the goal is to just let the connection be what it wants to be. Like if I'm always just trying to make everything super deep, it's like you don't want it to be like super deep all the time. Like I feel like you need like a good 80-20. Like 80% of it should be just like fun, playfulness, spontaneity, like just enjoying life and that connection with that person. And then like when it gets deep, it, it makes it a little, little bit more special. Like there was a girl in when I did the hitchhiking trip across Canada – like she picked me up off the highway. I was hitchhiking and like, I think within like 15 minutes, she was telling me about like her suicide attempt and everything. And I was like, whoa, dang. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, if it's me and like what I bring to that connection or if it's just like that scenario when you're in the car with a complete stranger, you know, you're probably never going to see them again. And then you just open up. Although there's a weird dynamic in my head where it's like, I have the camera there. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, that is not, you, you don't really have that experience of like, oh, I'm literally never going to see this person again. Yeah. Because that moment yeah. is captured in time mm. now on that yeah. camera. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is for that. Do you think that it changes the relationship when the, the camera's there as opposed to like, for instance, like for, for her, she's sharing some deep stuff. Like, did she know that like, that she was being, being filmed there? Or was and she was comfortable to to share it with you. Yeah, because I mean, when I when I start off like the when I'm doing like the hitchhiking series, I'm just like, hey, well, I mean, usually the cameras, it's, it's yeah. a decently big camera, yeah. it's there, and I'm like yeah. moving it around, so it's yeah. like pretty obvious. Yeah, I try not to make it super 
like obvious i'm not like yeah. putting it in their faces or anything Zooming it's just it kind out. of like yeah. on my hip mm. and then like i'm looking at them they're looking at me that's like my goal is that yeah. like you feel that i'm here with you and like our connection is the most like important thing and the camera's just kind of like there capturing things so i don't know i like i think it definitely does have an have an impact but like i have the same connections with them on and off camera like all the people that i connect with like i went down to connect with um in episode five of like the hitchhiking series where we knocked on uh, doors in Alabama and we were like cooking people, uh, or not cooking, we were asking to sleep at their house. Yeah. We met Wade. I went back down to visit him with Liam and we went there for like Mardi Gras, exact same person. Yeah. Like he's just the exact yeah. same dude. Kind of reminds me of when we met. Jay. Jay. He, he got we us met to... Jay at the casino and he, he told us about uh, bull testicles. It's a delicacy in Oklahoma. Okay. They call it calf fries. Oh, yeah. Calf, calf fries. fries. Calf, calf fries. Calf fries. Hmm. I've never had that. Well. I feel like I've had a testicle before. I feel like it was in Japan. Yeah. They're surprisingly wonderful. The trip around America, you, you were traveling on the kindness of strangers. Mm -hmm. And just some of the experiences that happened you just wouldn't believe would be yeah. true yeah and you also can't plan it no. so like with in terms of being a creator you can't write a script you can't write a structure you don't even know if you're going to be able to get to the next state how crazy has that experience been where you just decide okay i'm going to just get on the road and see what happens and then you meet like the military, or you go on their courses and go on their bases, or yeah. get a two like a two hundred dollar hotel paid for you out of nowhere, or a random stranger just gives me their truck. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh God. Yeah. Or or the guy that just like opened up a can of beer on the <laughs> in the middle of the drive. Oh yeah. In the, yeah. In the Canada one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, oh. Okay, I guess this is, <laughs> I don't know how many you've had before this, but <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get out at the next stop. <laughs> so yeah, you're documenting all of these crazy things, but then there's also the other side of it where things don't go as planned. Yeah. How often does that happen? Pretty much all the time. Yeah. Like it, it, there is no plan. Yeah. I think like in, when I was in film school, um, my teacher kind of drilled this into our head of like documentaries, you can plan maybe 10% of it and the rest of the 90%, it all just is like what happens and you just mm -hmm. react. Yeah. But you can't really plan for like the documentary, like real life stuff. Um, like you have an outline, you're like, okay, this is my goal. I'm gonna try to get from point A, yeah. point yeah. B, point C, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, for example, the cooking episode that we just did, uh, we went to Compton, we were knocking on doors in Compton, asking people to cook them wow. dinner in their home. <clears throat> and we went and Originally, we were like, okay, I don't know if we should knock on doors here. This might yeah. be a little bit not safe. So we started off by like going to the church and we went to like church in Compton, which was crazy. It was such a, a cool vibe. Yeah. They were all super, super friendly. But then like the social anxiety kind of hits. It's like, I do this stuff, like the human connection stuff, but I'm not like the whole point is I don't know what I'm doing and I just want to bring more connection back yeah. into my life. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like after the service ends, um, we're like sitting around, everyone's like in the like hallway area or whatever. And we're just like, oh, like who do we ask? And then uh, we end up like a lot of people start leaving. And then this guy like goes outside and me and Liam go outside. We're like, oh man, like, do you want to ask? Do I want to ask? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to do this right now. And then uh, we end up talking to this one guy, ask him. By the time we're done talking to him, we go back in and everyone's gone. And we're like, oh, dang it. Like we missed, we missed yeah. the the ball here. And like, that was probably the, the best and safest opportunity we had. To do mm -hmm. And like, there's there's the moments where you like you have an opportunity that's given to you and you have to just like act yeah. on it. 
Um, so then we were like forced to basically go and knock on doors. Yeah. <clears throat> so we go around, we knock on doors, end up finding this super awesome family of like four people. And so they weren't available until next Monday. Um, so we, we asked on Sunday, they weren't available to next Monday. And our plan, it was like, okay, we got to cook on Sunday. So there's the first thing that like goes wrong mm-hmm. and we have to do next Sunday or next Monday. So I stayed in San Diego for a while and I texted her in the middle of the week. I'm like, hey, just wanted to confirm like how many people are we cooking for? And she's like, oh, yeah, our family's 10 people. And I was like, oh, oh. no. Because the whole thing is I'm not like a cook yeah. in any way. Like, yeah. I do like rice and like some yeah. sort of protein in the morning. Yeah. Like I do a smoothie in the afternoon and then I do like a Good steak and rice or yeah, eggs or whatever. Just the most basic food. Um, and, uh, did I say rice for breakfast there? Rice Definitely. can you have, be breakfast. You have steak and yeah. rice for breakfast? I have eggs and steak or eggs and chicken for breakfast. Oh, and then you say rice. eggs and rice for breakfast? That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I was like, it, it sounded really weird in my head. I, like, I gotta, I gotta fix that there. Um, but, so then we're like, okay, well, we need to find like another cook. Cause Liam, like he's a kind of similar as me, but yeah. he like can cook a little bit more right um, and it's high stakes <clears throat> yeah i mean like you need to be cooking steaks yeah. you feel the pressure that you're offering to cook so they almost probably presume you it's are a be good this cook no no we, we make it pretty oh, okay uh, we make them aware at the beginning like, like we're not cooks this is really more about the connection <laughs> about yes yeah yeah about the, yeah, Rice for breakfast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny because they were like yeah we were expecting like mac and cheese yeah <laughs> but like we were like okay we need to find a cook to help us out because four people we can we can make it work like we can cook some steaks and some sort of side but like 10 people, I feel like that's a lot to cook for. Yeah. Um, so we were like calling up everyone that we could, just knowing like somebody in LA that we knew that potentially knew a cook or something. <laughs> I and saw like, you reach out on Instagram yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, like no idea where this is going to go. We're just like, like grasping for straws at this point, just like for anything that could help us out. And then all of a sudden we connect with this guy who knew the White House chef and the oh. white, he gives us the White what? House chef's number. We call him up and like he had seen the videos or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm down. Like, let's do this. That's so so we got the White House chef to literally come to Compton and cook for a family of 10 with us. That's like, wild. Just a crazy experience that you could never plan for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's on, obviously on the the best case scenario yeah, yeah. where you can't plan for it. Yeah. But then there's also like the other side of on the hitchhiking trip, we originally wanted to do like a 30-day thing where we posted a video every single day for 30 days. Yeah. Um, just try to experiment, mm-hmm. like challenge ourselves to do something like that. And uh, day two or three, it was like very clear that, that wasn't going to happen. And I started getting so stressed. It was like this whole trip is like, do we have to restart? Do we have to go back to the beginning? Because like day two, it was just, we were so in our heads of like, like, what do we do? Like, who do we ask? And like, there wasn't really anything entertaining happening on day two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spent probably like six hours just thinking. Right. The one day. We got into Philadelphia and we're just like walking around and there was a, <clears throat> like a wedding that was happening. And they were like all taking pictures. Like, should we go like ask a wedding? And then yeah. we like got too scared to ask them. Yeah. And it's like, should we go into a restaurant maybe? And we could like ask people there. And then it was just like, it just felt yeah. weird to go into a restaurant when you have no money. And we were just like overthinking everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, we have to quit. We have to, we have to stop this. We just have to like give up and not, not do it. And then- Eventually, we were just like, okay, we got to just restructure this. Think about it in a different way, accept where we're at right now. Yeah. Maybe tell that story a little bit. And uh, we changed it to doing five episodes. So it was like, okay, if we have it in five episodes, this can just be a little piece in that first episode of the first five days or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like 
it goes bad and you kind of just like readjust if that makes sense. I don't know if I... Anyway, no, it does. Just, yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Well, because you, you, you were speaking earlier about, do you want to... Yeah, I was in the car and I was just talking about how sometimes, in, in terms of my content, it's completely different, right? Mm. But I only dream of doing the things that you do, which is, <laughs> I mean, I, but at the same time, I'm just somebody, who, I could potentially do it. Yeah. I just don't allow, or I haven't yet allowed myself to even think to do something like that mm. and um when things get a little bit difficult mm. there's always like oh but i could just go home or oh i yeah. could do it tomorrow or i can i can figure something else we'll, we'll pivot somewhere else but you're literally on a trip across america when things get difficult you are in a car park mm. or you're like you don't know where you're gonna sleep yeah but then you said you sat there for six hours and then said, okay, we need a restructure. So that's not giving up. That's just saying we, we need to figure this out. Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't even get to that point. I'd just be like, yeah, I'm done. How did how do you even break through that barrier? Well, I feel like, okay, so there's <clears throat> it was a bit easier having somebody like Liam yeah. here with me. Like Liam was a, a huge homie. Because <clears throat> I feel like this trip was a really interesting one because I was going through a breakup like right in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Like, like she like ended things right in the middle of the trip on like day seven. Oh. And I was like, I was oh. depressed. Like I, I didn't even want to be like around anymore. I was just like, I didn't, nothing was, was joyful. It was, well, not nothing was joyful. Like mm. it was this weird dichotomy of like, I'm having these great experiences. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it would hit me. I'd be like walking down the street or like, we'd be like, at somebody's house finally got the place and I'm like, lying in bed and then all the dread would just like hit me. It's just like back and forth of like emotions and stuff and a lot of stress in my own mind. But like Liam really like kept me in there. And he's like, no, dude, we're doing this. Like we 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 got this challenge. Mm -hmm. We're going across America. We have 30 days. Like we're doing this, dude. And he really, really kept me in there. Um, but at the same time, like I did the Canada trip and I did that on my own. Yeah. But it's like the idea of I... I'd moved back just after working for another YouTube channel in the States. And I was like, I don't want to live with my parents in Nova Scotia. I really want to move to Vancouver. So it was like, I'm like, I'm going to Vancouver. And I wanted to go to Vancouver by doing this hitchhiking trip because I mm -hmm. always wanted to do something like that. And it was mainly just kind of like, you just throw the bag over the fence and I have to go get mm -hmm. it now. Yeah. It's like, well, I started the trip. I have no, no other place to go, but go to Vancouver. Yeah. Like I, I have to finish this. Um, and I don't know, there's times, definitely times where like I wanted to quit on the, the Canada one too, but I think you just like, you think you, you, you'd quit, but when you're actually in it, you might sit in like the, the shit for a while. Yeah. But eventually you're like, okay, I have to get up and keep going. Like, I'm not like this, like super inspiring, like, oh, I'm going to go do it. I'm not like disciplined or anything. I'm wearing this shirt now for it because I just got it because I was down in San Diego and Leo's working <laughs> Don't for- Don't even know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but this is something I would like to, yeah. to strive to, like more discipline in my life. But um, yeah, dude, I struggled with that all the time. Like even the, the uh, asking strangers to join them, like there was days where I was like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And we would have like, we're, we're going to come back to this tomorrow. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. I would just be so drained- and I was like, okay, we're going to do it for like three hours. And I was like, I need to go home. I just need to, to rest. Like my social meter yeah. is just 
dead. But the, the, you said like you're not you're not like any kind of inspiration or anything. But it is because like you're doing things that people just the the concept, not not even you know going and dealing with strangers or having to you know because that's like putting people way out of concern. But like people have to attack things every day motivationally, like mm. you know just getting up, like going to work or doing the things they don't want to do. Um, you know, that, that, you know, they're, they're full of dread. There's something mm -hmm. that's going on in their life and they have to, at some point, just, uh, I've got to do it. Yeah. Yours is almost heightened because if you don't do it, well, then how do you, how you do you, eat. where do you sleep? Yeah. Where do you mm -hmm. eat? Like you're, so do you feel like that ha was like a, the motivating factor for you was the fact that it's like, well, this is do or die kind of thing for me right now. Like I don't have the choice of not making it mm -hmm. because I have this goal. And if I don't do something, I'm stuck out in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, like, there's a couple elements to it of like, I know that we're going to get a yes eventually. Like I, I know that hundred percent, like it's going to happen. Somebody's going to say yes. There might be a couple nights where like there isn't, but there's an interesting scenario. Like when we got the truck, um, Basically, somebody like gave us a free truck. I think you guys knew about that. Mm -hmm. um, that night, we had done every night of the trip, we had found somebody to let us stay at their house up until the, the time that we had the truck. And that night, we went out to continue to ask because we didn't want to like let the truck be a crutch for us. Mm -hmm. But we got to like one o'clock and we we're like, you know what? Let's go sleep with the truck because <laughs> <laughs> we had that out. But every other night of the trip, we didn't have that out. And we just kept going until like in Nashville, we were asking until like three in the morning or yeah, something. Yeah. So it's like, you just kept going until you, you eventually got the yes. Um, but when you do give yourself that out, sometimes it's easy to just like take it. Yeah. But then the rest of the trip with the truck, we're like, no, we're, we're asking yeah. people. We're not using the truck again. You should be a sales coach. It was a sales consultant. You literally, it's, you're, you're just going for that yes. And you said like, that is, that's that's exactly what It's what the you're first doing. step because some people wouldn't believe that you'd get a yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so you knowing that in time, no matter how long it takes, there will be somebody and there will be a story out of with that with that person yeah. is already the first step and it's like once you get that win it's yeah it oh yeah it's, it's driven it's so like the the feeling that i have in my body when i'm like in the asking yeah. part is like just yeah. dread i'm like i yeah. hate everything about this but yeah. then as soon as you get the yes it's like just you feel so good just yeah everything changes you've captured a couple of those moments like especially like with the hitchhiking where you're yeah. like you're you've been there for hours you're waiting and then You've got someone. You're like, I've got it right. Like you can see the pure joy in you that mm -hmm. you're like, I'm I'm gonna make it through. Yeah. But it's actually quite inspiring just hearing you say, I will get a yes. Yeah. Like like a lot of There's people no are so it. pessimistic yeah. about their the you know the things that are happening around them mm -hmm. that they can't ever imagine getting the yes. Yeah. But you're saying, I know I'll get one. It's just when is it coming? Yeah. That's like such a positive mindset, glass half full type thing. Mm. Like it kind of making me rewire how I think about like at the end of the day when it shit gets tough there is going to be a yes we just need to get there yeah like like your win you went through a, a an injury a very very <laughs> big injury <laughs> and it was a long time before you got that one win yeah. where he was cleared to finally get back into movement so for many yeah. many months he wasn't able to do anything and it just it sparked something quite incredible yeah. with you mm. and you've just kind of hit the ground running with that. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, like I can resonate a lot with that, like get that win mm -hmm. and that will set you on and it almost will fuel you for the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're like, you're almost like, you know, you're just stuck. Yeah. You get that win and that's all you kind of needed, just that little, little positive yeah. moment 
that'll spark you to be like, you know, what? I can do this. I can yeah. get through this. You just have to like always be moving, I feel like. And that's like an easy thing to say that I don't fully like follow myself. Like there's a lot of times where like I'm just, I'm frozen. I'm stuck. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to move. I need to, I need to analyze everything before I take my next step. But it's like, if I'm here in this room, for example, as an analogy, it's like, okay, I see all these things. But then if I start moving and I go through that door, there's a whole new perspective of stuff mm. that's coming in and like new opportunities. And if I'm just stuck in the same place, you're never going to find those new opportunities. And it's like, okay, well, clearly with all this stuff here, nothing's happening. But if I'm just going to continue to analyze all the things that nothing's working with, then like I'm, I'm just going to be stuck with nothing ever happening. Mm. But if I take a move, if I take a step, I unlock an, another perspective, uh, new opportunities, new New things. You interesting to say that because like I, I noticed one of the one of the episodes and when you were hitchhiking, it might have been through Canada, um, where you decided to walk up the road because you realized there was a roundabout there and everyone mm. was going in different directions. So you were like, I need to go in the direction that I'm going into. Yeah. So you walked up a little bit mm-hmm. and then it completely changed the game for you. Like yeah. you got you got what you needed. Yeah. Which is which is like, yeah, that that in itself is an interesting perspective. It's like just keep moving. Mm-hmm. Figure out there's a new path. Where yeah. is it? I just need to find it. Yeah. That's good. Do you have much routine in your life? <laughs> that's something that I really need to yeah. Uh, establish. Yeah, that's. Uh, Do you crave that? Um, I don't know if I crave it, but like I know I need it. Do you crave? That? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, really. for me, I crave the adventure because yeah. I have so much routine. Do you crave journaling? I do. You crave the schedule? Do you do crave sitting down with your calendar? Your, yeah, Google Calendar. Google Calendar gets you off, doesn't it? Okay. Just never. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I love scratching off those dates. Um, no, I. Uh, Maybe create, yeah, I know I need it. Mm. I know I need it for sure. Because um, I feel like I, I'm definitely not the most efficient with what I, what I do. Like I'm con, I am like lost in my head. I'm always thinking, always analyzing, always like in like a, I feel like I'm very much in a stressful state all the time. Yeah. And I, it's probably because like, I don't have any real routines. Like I'm, I don't really take care of my body and I feel like I need to like start working out like have a routine of like me working out eating healthy like taking some time to um you know Leon he he just posted that video with that guy I can't remember what remember what his name is but he was talking about um when you're taking like breaks and you're resting it's like there's when I take a break I'm usually just thinking about Still something thinking. or doing yeah. or yeah. doing something I'm like yeah. scrolling on social media it's mm-hmm. like you're brain never has time to like reset it's like a snow globe he was saying like his analogy was it's like you're just like shaking everything up and you're never giving it time to like yeah. rest and i feel like that's my state all the time so i really need to mm. bring in routine where i like i work out and then that gives me energy to go throughout the day and yeah. you know, tackle i the- mean even being like you said you're constantly moving and that's always opening up more opportunity well i'm not always constant constantly moving okay. but that's the the if you want opportunities to come you have to be yes so that yeah. in that light that's a very positive thing have you stayed in austin quite a long time now i feel like yours it's been like a year and a half okay yeah the relationships that you that i or you establish here are the, they're like more than just uh an experience or mm-hmm. or of course we meet for the first time and that's the experience but it's not yeah. for um the channel or for a video mm-hmm. 
not, not that it's for the channel. What's the difference between meeting someone like Leon mm-hmm. and somebody in Mexico when you knock on their door? Well, I mean, it's like, I'll explain it in this way. There's, do you know they're like the 150 relationships theory? No. It's like, it's called something else, but it's like, you can only really have 150 relationships in your life at any given moment. Mm. And uh, the people in those, in that area of 150 kind of go in and out as you go through life. Mm. Um, And there's a couple different categories. There's like your inner core, which is like your 10 to 15, let's say. I'm not going to get this accurate, fully accurate, but it'll work. Um, Your 10 to 15, this is like your best friends, your family, your, you guys, like you're in a relationship. Mm. So it's like, you're in the inner core. Um, and then outside of that is like the middle core. And these are like the people you see pretty, pretty often. Um, like they're really good friends with you, but you don't see them like all the time. You're not like super, super close. Like you don't tell them like your deepest, darkest secrets. And then outside of that is like your 50 to 150. And this is people that like, um, I don't know, old friends back home that you still kind of stay in touch with maybe like coworkers or people that you see, like, I don't know, I go to church on Sundays with a, a group of the, our, the friends that we all have. Yeah. And um, there's a couple people there that like I see every Sunday, but I'm not like super good friends with them, right. but I see them and we talk. So yeah. they're kind of like in that outer core. And then outside of that is your everyday just interaction with strangers. Mm-hmm. That's where most of our interactions come from. I feel like it's just like with like strangers. Um, and then the most time that you spend is with that inner core. Most of the interactions for the videos tend to be the out like the yeah. outside of the the main core um and then sometimes they can break in mm. but like any first interaction is Always, a stranger yeah. one and then from that point on it's like okay how did i feel with this connection did we have like a really deep connection or something or did i enjoy their presence it was a lot of fun or whatever it is then they make it into the 150 Mm. right and then the more time you spend with them okay now they move to the middle core Mm. and it just takes consistency it takes just the depth of the connection and um all that kind of stuff to go from you had cream cheese on your beard earlier yeah i wiped it with my hand without your consent yeah have i broken into the inner core or have you pushed me out i mean i I still got to think about that i'm kind of like I'm on the fence right now. You are. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I liked it or Got if more I- to do. Though. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. No, I'm okay. almost, I almost wanted you to say yes, and I know who you swapped with. Like, mm. that's what I was hoping. Oh, mm. who yeah, did yeah. Was like, you yeah, who, who wouldn't have white yeah. cream cheese? That's a good question. Because yeah. then that's a, a perspective. Got right? About. That's what I thought. I, I have a friend in my inner core who wouldn't have done that. I got to get them out of there. Got to get I got to replace yeah. them with like somebody would have been like, like, no, no, it's there. It's there. But yeah. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want you to have- really mm. just the entire beard yeah. and just yeah. stroked still, it like, down. Like it's, it's here. It's, yeah. So I'm just saying like, you know, that's, but that whole kind of like perception of like inner core, outer core, because like you don't think about it until mm-hmm. you've just said that. And yeah. now you start to sense. think, yeah. oh, I know what my core is. I know my inner outer. But then all our interactions are with- the outer core and it's like moving them in yeah. and you're almost like broadening the chance of like building your inner core to be larger than what the scientists say. Yeah. Well, you, the thing is you can't really have the inner core be bigger 
because huh. you can only handle a certain amount of relationships. There's only so much that like- From what perspective? Like from like, it's just too much to handle or yeah, you just yeah. don't have the time in the day? You don't have the time. It's yeah. just too much to handle on like an emotional level where you're like, yeah, okay, I've given this much. I've, yeah, it's just, you yeah. can only handle a certain amount in each, each core. I guess, how much time do you spend with your inner core right now? Right now, not- Enough, not, not not enough that I would I would mm. like. Um, I feel like I'm just very stressed with like work and like yeah. I, I have the I run the channel all on my own. Yeah, and I'm doing like all the producing, the shooting, the editing, the planning, the like all of it. Um, and I feel like it takes up just like all of my time, and I'm not really n- nourishing the relationships because it it takes effort to nourish these that, relationships. Yeah. Like to get into the inner core of somebody is a privilege mm. to be in that place um and it takes yeah effort to be in there i feel like we've gone through that as well yeah, like last year is especially with you last year it was just all about thinking about work and keeping your head up over water but it's just like yeah ebbs and flows yeah. And you start to ha- and you have these like kind of big events that mm-hmm. might change your perspective of the inner mm-hmm. core and be like oh, i need to put put more time into that would you deem yourself as an introvert or an out or an extrovert i think uh both. Like, I, I don't think any, I genuinely don't. I think people over identify with the yeah. introvert. Right. I think it's all nonsense, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a, a scale. And depending on like what experiences you've had in life and trauma and like whatever, it's like you lie on, on the scale in a certain spot, but that's just where you are currently. Yeah. There's introverted people, but then all of a sudden they're in a space where they are surrounded by people who like the thing that they like. All of a sudden they're extroverted. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, well, you might be here and then all of a sudden you go through a lot of growth and now you're like a lot more extroverted. You're more comfortable in yourself and you're like, dang, I feel, I feel good. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody's just like, yeah. I'm an introvert. And if you, if you're saying like, I'm an introvert or like, I don't know, I think that's just an excuse to keep you where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. The, okay. So pivoting from this, you've hitchhiked many different places. Mm-hmm. Who is more dangerous? Is it the hitchhiker that you're about to pick up that you don't know who they are and they're just on there just, you know, doing something that we don't do anymore? Or the person that's stopping their day out of nowhere to pick up this random stranger, jump on in, let's go. Who do you actually think is more at risk? I think the people picking up versus the hitchhiker that makes sense yeah because they have more control they've got the car mm-hmm. yeah is especially it- like nowadays too like the the culture of hitchhiking has changed a lot um before it was just like it was just like yeah was, i just need a, I need a ride like i'm just gonna go hitchhiking mm-hmm. yeah it's like this fun playful thing to do um and now like really most of the people who are hitchhiking like tend to be like they don't have a lot yeah. uh, unpredictable yeah. yeah when when people would pick up or you go to pick up somebody you don't just let them in the car right away. Like you talk to them, mm. you, you ask a couple questions. Like there was people like on the Canada one, I'm pretty sure that I was like, nope, like I don't want to take this ride. Yeah. I'd be definitely wary of it yeah. as well. I don't know how open I'd be, but it's like watching your videos, even not hitchhiking, even uh, asking to shower in somebody's mm. house. Yeah. People were very questionable about it i mean it is it's a strange question to ask hey can i come and shower in your house no that's that's they would ask to see your id they'd be like what are you going to be doing like you know just all of that stuff or you had the lady say i've got three guard dogs and i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna 
put them on you <laughs> if you don't leave my property. Yeah. I mean, it's not unreasonable. It's really not. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a lot of bad that is happening in the world. Like, my channel kind of is like, world is great and people are great mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, yes, that is a perspective that I want to show of the world. But there is a lot of bad that does happen. Like, there are murders. Mm -hmm. There are people who get mm -hmm. robbed and stuff. Like, my ex, uh, at the time when we were in Mexico, she got, like, jabbed with a screwdriver and they stole her phone. It's like stuff happens. Like it, it's it's not yeah. like yeah. it's not not out there. Yeah. It's and then we often see so many of these stories in the world. We don't really see as many of the positive stories. Yeah. Um so it's like there's a lot of fear built up mm. and that's real and that's reasonable and life is unpredictable and you do have to like be able to discern like okay, is this a safe situation or not? Like I don't think you should just be like anybody who knocks on your door Bring him in. Bring him in. No, yeah. that's like, that would yeah. be so stupid. But at the same time, you can tell like when somebody is, I mean, for the most part, like there are some serial killers who are like really charming and. Yeah. That's, well, that's why we, when How we do think we figure of, this out? when yeah. we think of like hitchhiking, we're always like thinking directly about all the historical serial killers that have picked up hitchhikers and, you know, and, and. So, like, well, yeah, us coming to America, we were going into a cesspool of it because yeah. every crime documentary is based- In well, Texas. In Texas, yeah, 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 yeah. essentially. Um, so, the whole kind of stereotype around the, the hitchhiking would be like you'd be thinking that, you know, mm -hmm. do you think that most people in your interactions are thinking from the side of you're not good first? Yeah. You yeah. have to, yeah, earn my trust then, yeah, as opposed to maybe- when we were in the hitchhiking days where it's like, you're good first, prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of flipped to, you're not good, prove me, prove me, prove me right. Or prove me wrong as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, like, this is just kind of how our culture is right now. There's a lot of this fear that's like, uh, the culture is kind of like surrounded by. Um, and when there wasn't that environment, it was a lot easier to do this kind of stuff. Um, but there was an interesting perspective of like when we were doing the trip across America, there was a bunch of people who kept bringing up like the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary had just come out yeah. like right when oh, we were doing yeah. the trip. <laughs> so people kept being like, yeah, there's no yeah. shot. I just watched that Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. Like, good <laughs> yeah. luck. I hope you find something, but yeah. not me. Bad yeah. timing. But then we also met a guy in New York on like our first night and we're like, hey, man, like, can we stay at your house? And he's like, yeah, man, of course. Or actually, yeah. we had a sign. That was yeah. Part. We right. had a sign. Yeah. We made it. We were walking for like 15 seconds, 20 seconds maybe. And this guy walks by and he's like, you guys need a place to stay? No. <laughs> we were like, yeah. <laughs> come on in. Yeah. Yep. And then um, uh, he's like, I got to go finish a photo shoot, but I'll come back in like an hour and just like meet me here. And we're like, okay. And then uh, it's funny because we went around. We like started telling people and they're like, dude, like sleeping shifts. Yeah. yeah. And we're like. Nah, I can't be that mad. Come on. Like, yeah. there's no way. Um, anyways, we, we went and stayed at his house, but we asked him the question of like, why did you say yes? And he was like, I don't know, like I've, I've watched documentaries like this before. So he had a perspective that was different, a perspective of the world. That is how I started doing the same thing for my own channel. It's like, I saw documentaries like yeah. this. I saw documentaries like um, Craigslist Joe, where he survived solely off of Craigslist for 30 days. Yeah, yeah. I saw like David Cho hitchhiking across the, the States. I saw um, like The Buried Life. I saw Yes Theory videos. I saw all these different things that gave me a different perspective of what the world is and could be. And I was like, okay, like, I like that. 
uh, so I wasn't really focusing too much on the fear. I was like, I like all this stuff. And that's yeah. kind of just mm -hmm. what I went after. But like the people who said no had the perspective of fear and that's what they were watching and consuming. But then the other people who are like, oh, I like these documents. Even the, the girl in uh, Compton, one of the daughters after we got the yes, she ended up coming out after when we were walking out and she was like, hey, like, I just think this is really cool. Like I, I had seen stuff like this before online and this is just like, I never thought like something like this would, never. would yeah. happen in my life. And I'm just really excited to like have you guys come over and, and yeah. like have an experience with you guys. Cause she had seen stuff like that before. Um, yeah. But it's tough cause there's, there's a lot of evidence for a lot of negative stuff yeah. in the world too. Yeah. But, but both are real and I really appreciate you showcasing that side of the world as well. Mm. Have you ever been in a situation where you genuinely thought you were in danger and you had to abort or, you know, pivot or, you know, in, in any of your videos? I mean, there hasn't been anything where I was, there was like one in the, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's times where like fear came into my mind and I was like, Oh man, I don't know if I should have gotten in this ride or something, but it ended up being like, oh no, they were like great guys. Like there was the one ride, the very first ride I got on the Canada trip, I got into this van and the entire thing was breaking down. Like every oh, single yeah, check yeah. on the car possible was on. Yeah. It felt like it was going to fall apart, like yeah. literally mid drive. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like, I, I'm going to die now. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Uh, but first they, they trip. Me off. They were like... Yeah. So that was the fear? The check engine light was the fear? <laughs> well, it was like you, your brain just starts to make up all these crazy stories. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, the, the, the car, it's like, it's not really good. Maybe like, I don't know, you, you start to tell a story about who these people are. Yeah. And I'm like, they didn't speak English or anything. And uh, they were like calling up like people on the ride. And I was like, is he calling up somebody to be like, yo, we got one. Like, <laughs> I'm just like making up all these crazy stories yeah. in my head. None and then they dropped yeah. me off and they're like- like just adios awesome. amigo and they yeah. just like let me go and i'm like all right sick. awesome guys yeah because it's funny that you're you already had a kind of positive spin there because you were thinking the worst was like was the check engine when really you've just gone into a car with two people you've never met before in your life which yeah. could be the probably the most dangerous part about it yeah, yeah. but you were like this car's gonna break down. Like yeah. it was really well. It, was, it started like that, and then it and went. It went, went yeah, higher yeah, and other. higher. Yeah. yeah, I, I think like I, you know, you constantly make these things go. You know, go worst case scenario yeah. is always going playing on your head. I don't want to do this because this, 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 and it's probably happening to you on the go. But you're constantly being almost. You realizing no, like good, good came from it, and yeah. all of these things that you were thinking never eventuated, which has kind of turned into a positive outlook for you on life. Mm -hmm. The ride in the Canada one again, where this guy, I was like waiting for like six hours or something. It was like super hot. This guy pulls over. He's like, get in. You're in a bad spot. I was like, I mean, you are right. I am in a bad spot right now. But <laughs> that was worse. a bit, that was a bit like <laughs> forward. And then uh, he's like covered in tats. He's like this old dude. He's got another dude in the front seat. And I was like, I really don't think I should get in this, but I'm hot I'm tired and I really, because I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like this is in Ontario, like Northern Ontario and there's nothing around. Right. Um, so I was like, am I going to die here on the side of the road? I'm going to die in this car. Let's go. <laughs> and I just got in and uh, he starts just like asking these weird questions. I can't rem really remember what he was asking, but then he tells me the story of like how he was hitchhiking when he was younger and he got picked up by like a pedophile and uh, oh. he like tried to like start touching oh. him in the car and stuff and he grabbed his nail file and he stabbed him in the neck. I'm like, bro, this is a lot to handle right now. And like, he's like, tell me all these stories. And then he like drops me off. He's like, yo, stay safe out there, man. And I'm oh. like, 
Oh. I was like, holy oh. shit, am I going to get like, wait, where's the nail file? I'm looking around. <laughs> just just like, yeah. <laughs> but that's so interesting. He's just like sharing some pretty, pretty full on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And putting you in this spot. But he didn't think that it was probably. He probably thought everything he was saying was like fair play. Yeah. And, and I mean, for it, it kind of like, I don't know, we were talking about the stuff. Like we were, I asked him like questions like, what was a crazy experience you had like hitchhiking and stuff? So like. I was kind of guiding it there anyway, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. I, I think it's all how you take it. You probably started to realize that from more people where you could presume things immediately mm-hmm. just by what they're wearing or, you know, how they speak or what they say. Yeah. But then actually you kind of get into these deeper conversations and you realize you, you're not like you don't like you have similar problems in your life or you have, yeah. you know, like you go through similar experiences. You've had way more positive interactions with people probably also way more negative because you're putting yourself out there. Mm. Um, but it, it gives you this like interesting perspective that you're always kind of looking for the good. Even- and like, I still have like the dichotomy of like, I have a lot of fear mm. in those moments. And I have a lot of judgment and like, there's things that like, um, I don't know, like going to Compton. It's like, there's part of me. There, it's like, there's parts to me. It's like one part's like, you're never going to find a family in Compton. And the other part's like, no, yeah, you will find yeah. a mm. family in Compton. I'm like, it's way too dangerous. It's like, um, they're never going to want two like white guys to come in and cook them dinner. Um, but then like I get to surprise myself with a, a different story of, yeah. of reality in the world where it's like, no, I had a great experience with a family of 10 in Compton and I knocked on their door and it was just, it was amazing. It was awesome. I mean, the fear, I think the fear is in everybody. Like, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't even have to be a situation with like profiling a person. It could be profiling what might happen next week or like something that you're anticipating. You can profile it as the pedophile with the screwdriver, Mm -hmm. but you never know until you've actually gone through and experienced that. The fails or the rejections, you never feel them the way you think you're going to feel them as Mm -hmm. well. One of the videos, the guy says something that's quite powerful. He was like, he was like, sometimes in life, like, if you want to get anywhere, you just need a bit of audacity. Mm. And that, that like, awesome. stuck with me because that's like exactly the only difference between what you're doing and what someone, you know, may, maybe me, is you have the audacity to ask the question, Yeah, right? That's 100%. really all that's it. it is. Yeah. And it's kind of moved into this whole realm where you've met people, you've done things beyond your wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. You've made relationships closer from it you know, long-lasting things you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. And it all it was was just the audacity to mm-hmm. just ask the question. Yeah. Like, I'm literally just like anybody else. I think that's, like, the one principle that I want to have on the channel. It's, like, don't, like, look up to me. Like, just look at me and be like, I could do that too. I'm not special in any way. I just have, like, the, I guess, audacity or the curiosity to, like, try. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm anybody could do what I'm doing. It's not that crazy or unique or anything it is (laughs) i asked brad before this podcast to come up with a challenge to give to us something that we can compete on and you haven't even told us what it is so it's a surprise (laughs) yeah and i'm kind of crazy i was trying to think of something that's like that you can do like today and okay so the the other thing too with like the whole thing with discover connection like a lot of this stuff is like pretty crazy stuff but like what we're looking for is just connection in our life i feel like everyone Mm. um we're looking for that community and that place that you can just call home and um it's not really about all these grand extravagant experiences it's like the place where i feel the most fulfilled 
is like having that core community, core of life where you're going to spend most of your time is like with your family and your kids and your best friends and, and work and all this stuff. So it's like nourishing that element of your life, I think is the most important. And then sprinkling in like some of these adventures and stuff. Yeah. So the simple things of just going out and asking a stranger to join them is like a very simplified version of like the extreme stuff that I do. That's a great way to just meet somebody new. Yeah. Like we went and asked this one guy to play chess. He was like working at like uh, a yeah. paddleboard yeah. uh, thing and uh, ended up sitting there for like yeah. two hours talking to him. Yeah. And then I went and grabbed a beer with him like uh, a week or two after that. And it's just like a great experience. Yeah. All from just like asking somebody to join them. Yeah. Um, and just showing like how easy it is to actually just make a connection with somebody new. Right. So that's kind of the idea I have for you guys to just go out and ask a stranger to join them in whatever they're doing and make a new connection. So for us to join them? Yeah. In whatever they're doing. Yeah. Can I sit down and have a chat? Yeah, you could sit down and have a chat. Maybe yeah. somebody's like playing a sports or fishing or yeah, whatever yeah. The weird things that they're doing. You just got to go join them. I end up getting in the car with a stranger never seeing me again. Like yeah. you will have that in you for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it's powerful, right? Like it's I, mean, I, yeah. I will be responsible for your... Yes. Demise. I'm gonna yes. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we'd have a better relationship after as well. Yeah. yeah. That would be that would be crazy. <laughs> I, I, I go off. You and saved you me from him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been trying to get rid of him for so long. <laughs> All I had to do was put him back. in a car. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sitting with us for an hour. I guess it's time to go discover some connection. <laughs> Where can we find you online? Uh, Discover Connection on YouTube. Discover Connection. Yeah. Thanks for joining the Spicy Bit of Meat channel. I hope it was spicy enough.